Time is passing at 1% its normal speed. If we play this right, we could take the whole city. is the manufacturing base for all the slow-mo in Mega City One. You know how often we get a judge up in peace trees? Well, you got one now. She has control of everything. Levels one to 200. This is Mama. Somewhere in this block are two judges. That's not good. I want him dead. We're gonna have to go through him. Rookie, you ready? Yeah. You look ready. Fire! Judgment time. Let's finish this. Welcome back to the Film Wheelcast, where we're going to do yet another superhero film, I hear you say, but this is very different, and it doesn't involve Sylvester Stallone, and it doesn't involve constant repeats of saying, I am the law, Stu. <laughs> Thankfully, um, we didn't opt for that one, we are doing uh, Judge Dredd, but this one is just called Dredd, and yeah, we uh, decided not to do the Sylvester Stallone one, because it is absolute pony. Um, and doesn't do the comic books any justice, and doesn't do the uh, Actors Guild any justice, I'm sure. So um, no, but I think yeah. I think you can't help but compare it to certain extents because the reason why the judge they're almost at two ends of the spectrum, opposite ends. Uh, the Stallone one is why that Judge Red was 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 bad. Is everything why this one was good? Because it did everything the Stallone one didn't. If you know what I mean. Yeah, exactly. I, I thought this film was very very good. Um, it's something that I haven't seen for for a hell of a long time. So yeah, it's the um, the 2012 Dread film directed by Peter Travis and uh, written by John Wagner, um, starring Kyle Urban, uh, Olivia Thelby, um, Lena Headley, and um, uh, who plays Kay? It's uh, Wood Harris, also from um, The Wire as well. So yeah, so it's um, a completely different film from the Sylvester Stallone one, and it's something that I thought we'd do because. We've we've done um, obviously a lot of the superhero films. We've done a lot of the Marvel films, um, but Judge Dredd. I've never, I didn't really read the comics at all. I played the computer games, but I didn't really know anything about it. My first introduction to Judge Dredd was the film um, starring Sylvester Stallone. 
That's a lovely way um, to you got there, Steve. Um, <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. It, it was. It was. An, it was an awful film. I mean, the main thing I think a lot of hardcore comic fans had with the Stallone film was the fact that um, initially it was that he takes his he takes his mask off, which Judge Dredd never does. And I think the only thing I can feel is uh, um, they pay this much to have Stallone in; they wanted to see his face. But I mean, you know, I mean, don't get me wrong; Stallone's got the chin for it, hasn't he? Um, yeah, but who wants to see Stallone's face under the no. day? And you knew Stallone was underneath there because he's got that unique voice. But yeah, um, it was it was a shocking film. It was it was akin to a Saturday morning cartoon in film rather than anything else. It was rubbish, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it was absolute pony that film. Um, but this film, when I first saw it, I, I didn't know what to expect. I saw. I think I I didn't go to the cinema to watch it. I watched it on DVD. I do believe. Um, and what surprised me was the sheer utter violence that there was it was it was incredibly violent which surprised me but it was quite refreshing especially off the back of um, how bad the Sylvester Stallone film was this one felt like quite a gritty um like police thriller in a way didn't it and it reminded me um very much even though this came first of the raid yes of course I'm, I was coming. I was actually looking at the poster. I mentioned that in a minute. Yeah, yeah. It, it, very, it very much was. It was a. I mean, once again, I mentioned this a lot with the Batman films. Okay, you take the yeah. character of Dread out of the film, and you'll put someone like a Bruce Willis type character or someone else, or like um, you know, the bloke from Taken, and put it in there, and it would still be a very good film. And that you know, and that's why these superhero films are good films first, and then a good superhero film second as well. I feel. Yeah. I completely agree. It's um, yeah. It's I mean, it was strange because I think the budget was between thirty-five and forty million, and it didn't do particularly well at the cinema, um, and only just about got its budget back. Which, when I looked on the different forums, people, a lot of the hardcore fans really want a a dread two, but they uh, the studios don't believe that there's enough a, a wide enough audience um, to make it worth putting anything in production. I mean, which is quite surprising, especially now as superhero films are all the rage and, and incredibly popular. Yeah, I know, and they were all, all the rage still in 2012. But I think one of the big problems with at the time it came out, obviously being being you know you and I being film buffs, we knew about it. But I can't remember seeing it advertised a lot on any kind of social media a lot, like some other films are or advertised on TV. I mean. I know it's a long time ago. It seems 2012. But, but try and cast your mind back. Can you? I can't specifically remember a really good marketing campaign for this film. Can you? No, not at all. Not at all. I remember it was on the side of buses and things like that, but I knew nothing about it when I actually went to watch the film. Um, and I really, really enjoyed it because it wasn't what I expected. I expected something very similar to um, the Sylvester Stallone one. And um, as you say, like the... The, the original Batman's with like, mm. Joker, very yeah. comic, isn't it? And I expected something like that, but um, the fact that it, it's nothing like it was very, very refreshing. I, I thought it was very original and quite a brave decision to make a, um, for want of like a superhero film that is, is so extremely violent, which is something that they hadn't done before. I mean, you had like RoboCop and things like that, which is very similar, with regards to the blood and guts, but nothing that was a a comic superhero film and people did complain that the comics um, do have a degree of violence in but it's nothing compared to how violent this film was and they felt that 
it wasn't portrayed particularly in a realistic way um, to the comic book. But I don't think you're ever going to please the people who are so passionate. Um, I mean, the suit was altered a little bit with regards to the dread badge, um, and people got pissed off about that. But I think it's quite fashionable, and it still is now, even though it was back then, to slate a film. If you say you're a hardcore fan of like, yeah. Ghostbusters, Judge Dredd, or Batman, you're going to slate it anyway. Um, because people are so incredibly anal about what they like and it needs to be kept to the original otherwise they'll deem it as a failure which I think is complete bollocks to be honest No, uh, you're absolutely right I completely agree with you um, well, I think you've hit the nail on the head there I can't. I, mean, I, can, I don't think I can add anything to that argument because yeah, I mean, and you, and you get that a lot with the Avengers films and things like that, unfortunately Yeah, yeah, I mean the people said it was excessive violence um, it earned over just forty-one million dollars, and as I say, the budget was thirty between thirty and forty-five million. Um, but like a lot of things, once it goes to um, like home cinema and the DVDs and videos and stuff like that, then it made a, a lot of money uh, and it got a wider audience as well. So um, it's it's strange, really. A lot of things do that, and there's quite a few films which we've reviewed. Um, I think Jack Reacher did the very much the same thing. Um, that kind of was at a bit of a warm reception. And as we said before, the, the people argued about the height of Jack Reacher and Tom Cruise not being correct. It's nitpicking um, rather than anything else, it seems, is it? doesn't it? It is. Yeah. It's stupid, but they kind of, you should put it all that aside and just go on people's own personal performances and the story writing. I mean, this was originally going to be a completely different story. Um, and they were going to try and keep it more to the comic books. But they they simply couldn't do that, and that's why um, the uh, the writer was what Peter, or director Peter Travis and Alex Garland decided to to go into a kind of a tower block scenario, and they were saying one of the main problems they had because they wanted to he did a lot of research and he wanted to keep it as true as he could to the um, 2080 comics, but he found it hard trying to portray some kind of emotion like Judge Dredd's emotion. Um, because you can't see his eyes, it's only his mouth. And he said it was very difficult. And um, what's his name? Carl Urban said it. He, he struggled a lot of the time, and he had to kind of adapt um, the story to his kind of his larger strengths in acting um, mm. to portray things. And things were often put back to the the original comic book writers uh, to see what he thought. So they, they did do a lot of research, um, which I like, and they actually went back to the roots of it. And said, "Is this something Judge Dredd would do?" Um, and they kind of got permission from the original comic book writers, which I thought was a really good touch, rather than someone thinking, "I know better than anyone else, and it's going to be done my way," and be really pig-headed about it and just get completely slated, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, and obviously, you mentioned Carl Urban. What did you think about Carl Urban as Dredd when it first came out? Um, I was like, "Oh, okay, uh, maybe not the most obvious choice for me." But after watching it now, he's basically Christopher, Christopher Reeved it. In terms of, I couldn't imagine anyone else being dread now other than Carl Urban. Yeah, I thought Carl Urban was fantastic. Um, I thought he was very, very good. Uh, and I thought, uh, as the judges, um, Olivia Thelby as well, I thought she was very good. Obviously, um, his, his character, um, Carl Urban's character as Judge Dredd, um, he shows no prejudice towards anyone, does he? It's no. very much, it's by the book. Um, it shows no sympathy. There's no negotiation, no bargaining. Um and you either die for the offence that you've committed, or you go in the uh, like the isolation cubes, don't you? Which are like prison cells for five years, ten years, and things like that. And, and it's very 
kind of reminded me of RoboCop in a way, where at the start there's you've got that great action scene where um, Judge Dredd's after these guys are in the back of this van, and he goes into a uh, like a bus station or a train station, and he his gun. You learn that he can talk to his gun, and his gun will change the kind of ammunition. So he calls him Hot Shot, doesn't he? Yeah. And um, he shoots the guy in the mouth with this kind of it's like a flare that just sets his head on fire and he dies and then they say right we've got this many people there we need a clean up crew for the um dead bodies so it's very kind of cold cut in the future isn't it it is it is and it's based in this dystopian future as people say oh, and you obviously mentioning mentioned the gun i felt at, it's not really a negative because it was kind of like um answer my question later but going the first few um shots and scenes of the film i almost felt like that that dread had infinite ammo essentially you know um he'd, yeah. he'd done like some cheat on doom or something and then got some but but obviously we learn we learn later that that's obviously not the case so that answers my question there but it did feel like at first that he had he did an infinite ammo and and the, and the film itself and i don't mean to do this negatively um, but it's almost like a computer game where you get all these different set pieces leading up to the main boss, kind of like, like a game of death, you know? Yeah. And somewhat similar to the, to the Raiden, even, even even Die Hard, where, you, you know, you win all these fights and then you're going to get to the boss, which which is, so. Which when you actually look at the storyline, not the, the side plots and sub, subplots, the actual storyline, the, the, the main bit, it is actually very, very simple. And I think, and, and they worked around that and added elements to it, which is why I think it made the film so good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I, I was wondering a lot of the same things, and it is very kind of, it is like a computer game, and you can imagine it being like a computer game. Um, and I like the, and I don't know whether it was in the comic books, as I say, I've never read the comic books, but um, Judge Anderson, um, the introduction to her, where it goes on to that she failed her the entrance exam by something like 1%, and he says, well, fail to fail, doesn't make a difference. And you find out that she's a mutant, and she's got the psychic ability, um, mm. which has proved where she's like the um, like the one-way glass or the two-way glass, whatever it is. Which is yeah. it, one-way or two-way? Uh, it two way? It's going to be one way because you can only see one in one direction, not the other. Right. Thank you very much. And uh, I think I'm not too sure though. Oh, I don't know. It's too complicated. It's a piece of glass. Um, and she <laughs> who's standing behind the. Uh, the glass and that he's a very angry person. He's very much a Graham. Um, if Graham was a police officer, this was what Graham would be like. Um, to be fair though, he's got the chin to be a dread, hasn't he? He has. He's got a stubble and everything. Yeah. yeah. He, he could have, we should have got him on his podcast. Yeah. He could have told us what it was like being an acting double. Um, so she's got the ability and, and they think that, um, that she should be out in the field and, um, judge dread should be the one to, uh, to train her and see if she passes. And Judge Dredd doesn't want to really do this, but he's, as I say, it's a discipline service, and he follows the uh, the rules and he takes her out. So, and that's kind of the initiation for her. And he says to her, "Right, where do you want to go?" And then when it flicks to Peach Trees, which is a two hundred story um, block of flats, um, and it's in Mega City One, mm. which is like a violent sort of eight hundred million residents. Um, I think there's seventeen thousand crimes reported a day. So and it, imagine, the judge, that. imagine that. I know it's crazy, isn't it? Mm. So it's the only the judges who um like judge, jury, and executioner um to deal with these crimes. And uh, peach trees, I think that they say that 
it's a place where police don't go there to investigate any crimes because it's such a violent place. And it's where they produce um, this slow-mo, which is the brand new addictive drug, which reduces the, um, the user of the drug's perception of time down to 1% of normal time. Yeah. So, uh, and, which is quite a good idea. I, I quite like that. And it's done by kind of little mini inhalers, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It, especially, uh, um, it, you know, it increases your time off work, for example, at the weekend. You can make your weekend seem longer. <laughs> Couldn't you? You could do. You could do, yeah. Some weekends, especially if I'm working, I don't want to make longer. No, so, no, no. no. But, when you, but when you're not, you, you can make it seem... Or, or sex, even. There you go. Well, I don't know what that is. You have to tell me what that is. So, um... <laughs> um <laughs> the, the story's kind of featured around... Featured around um, uh, Madeleine Magriel, who's Mama, um, and it starts off with she decides to, um, she's an extremely violent person uh, who used to be a prostitute, and she was attacked. And she, uh, they say that she bit the penis off the guy who um, who attacked her, and she's an absolute psychopath with no regrets, no moral. She doesn't care. She's prepared to die for what she believes in, and she's the the only kind of dealer of this um, slow mo drug, and she skins. Um, these people alive, and they, she gets them thrown off the balcony, two hundred stories. Yeah, and it's pretty horrific, isn't it? Because oh, it's horrible. It's horrible. But, the, the, the slow mo in this is, and I mean, like the slow motion filming is very, very good, isn't it? It is. It is. It is. And the, and once again, you mentioned uh, Lena Headley's Marmar. <clears throat> okay, physically, she's absolutely no match to Dread, really. But I think these are always like um, Lex Luthor and people like that, like the Joker. They always make, I think, the best bad people, in, especially particularly in a comic book film, the best, you know, antagonist. Um, simply because she is so dangerous. Um, she is so powerful in terms of, you know, with all the people around her and they respect her. As you mentioned, what she did to the bodies by stripping them off and everything, it's just, she's, yeah, as you said, an absolute, an absolute psycho, which makes her more threatening, for example, than someone maybe, but then like you know other big brutes we, we've had in um, superhero like Zod and people like that in superhero films. Yeah, and it's always interesting when you've got someone, um, as you say, uh, and we've referred to it quite a few times. And we, we when we did the podcast on it, like the um, the Dark Knight, when you've got someone who follows the rules against someone who's a, just a normal human being but has no boundaries with regards to where rules apply, um, and I, I think that's quite good. As in, is this person um, going to have to break his own rules and his own codes and things like that to actually catch this bad guy? And if he does do that, what does that make him? You know what I mean? And, and that's the kind of very similar situation to this. Um, oh, yeah, I, I, I never quite... really realised that, you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, cause it's nice because you, you don't need like a superhuman being with special powers. It's, it's a very simple kind of setup, which has been done in quite a lot of films. I, I like that because it's very simple and you, you know where you stand. Um, and you're waiting for this person to see how far they do go. So once this crime has been committed, it gets called in, and it's um, Judge Anderson's choice, really, to um, to go to peach trees. And when they go there, they've got the three dead bodies who are skinned, and they're just like lumps of red jelly, really, aren't they? They're just yeah. in a real state. It's quite realistic. I quite like the fact that they're not frightened to hold back on the violence and the blood and the gore, and they are just like three lumps of jelly. And when he looks, he can see that he's got slow mo. Um, his teeth are it's very similar to like heroin addicts, isn't it? They're all brown teeth and they fall out. And yeah, lovely. Ready, a Jeremy Carl show and stuff like that. So, and they're pretty much the same. 
and you've got the and I didn't realise when I first watched it, like um, for this podcast, the black guy who's like the medic. I thought he actually came with them. I didn't realise he was based inside there. Oh no! no yeah, yeah, they, they, yeah, he, they find him right at the beginning, don't they? From what I watched it about a week ago now. Um, yeah. yeah, they find him right at the beginning as they as they go in, which is which is why I can almost understand that, that the confusion where you initially thought it because because they see him very close to entering the building, don't they? Yeah, from what yeah. I remember, yeah, I think. Um, and you got the home, I like this bit with the homeless guy by the entrance. Vagrancy, that's like five months isolation in the ISO cubes. He goes, be gone when we come back. Yes. And <laughs> yeah, he pays the price for not going as being cut in half. He does. But, um, yeah, so they, they work out that I think it's on the 30th floor that the, the dealers must have come from. Um, so they go and do a strike on the 30th floor. And I think this is done really well. And, and it's great that when he says to Anderson, like, are you ready? And he says, you don't look ready. And the way that changes through the film, because she, she hasn't been in, this is her first kind of combat. I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean imagine this being, being a, like, what, police officer equivalent. And then this is your first day out of freaking training school. Yeah. You quit. And you're in peach trees, yeah. surrounded by 300 people who want to kill you, then rape you, then skin you. Yeah. It's, it's a learning curve, isn't it? <laughs> I know. And I, I probably would have gone home at this point, but there you go. What did you think of um, Judge Anderson? What did you think of her character and everything? I thought she was. I thought. I thought she was very good. Um, I, I don't. She. She probably has. I mean, um, she probably has the most, the biggest character arc throughout the film, doesn't she? As you mentioned, she does look very scared at first, and at the end, she kind of like completes her character arc. And right at the end of the film, spoiler alert for anyone. But I don't know why you're listening to this podcast. But anyway, if, if you haven't watched it, um, the chief uh, when the chief judge obviously asked Red about about you know what, what how was Anderson's because it was and um, without her knowing because she's already walked off, the dread said she's passed. You know, a- and she ends up being a lot more confident than she was when she went in. Now, granted, slightly unrealistic a character arc happening over the period of you know hours rather than months and days. But um, I thought I I, I thought. It, it was very good because Dredd very much remains the same character throughout, and so does Mama. I felt, and he she's the only one that actually changes throughout the film. Yeah, and I, I love the way you see her confidence growing, mm. especially in fact when she's with um, Kay, who's like um, Mama's right hand man. When he says, "So you're a, like a, a freak, a mutant, you can read minds," and he goes, "I'm going to shock you." Um, so she reads his mind, and it's and he's playing out kind of like a sex scenario. And it, she says that doesn't shock me. So he plays out like a violence kind of rape scene, sex yes. scenario. Um, and she's and he's he's no longer handcuffed that time. He goes, "Well, you're not handcuffed." And he goes, "You can do anything you want." So he tries to shoot her, and she says, "Well, this will freak you out." And then she's kind of um, a nice way of putting it. She's given him fellatio, um, and uh, it turns out that when he looks down, it's Marma doing it, and she's biting his. Willie off basically, and she says, oh, "I can freak you out as much as I want." And, and I, I like that. she's so confident yeah. by then, and you see a real kind of bad side to her. And I really like that because it's really sick and twisted. Um, and it's so much that he actually, when he's there, he wets himself because she freaks him out. And I, I, I love that. That there's no violence there whatsoever. It's just she's got in his mind and twisted his mind so much 
is just pissed himself. I think it's brilliant. I really do like that. She's such a badass at doing stuff like that. Um, and Judge Dredd even looks, and he he kind of he's quite impressed with it, and I, I, he kind of gives that little nod of approval, as if like. Yeah, you're pretty evil as well. I, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Is that the moment she passed, do you think? Um... <laughs> yeah, I think so, yeah. I think it was great. <laughs> yes. Okay. When they break into um, the, the dealer's place on the 30th floor, the people, I think it's so, so clever, because most of this film was shot in 3D, um, and it, they used Johannesburg and Cape Town as locations. Not that you really kind of recognise anything. by. No, um, I mean, it could have been anywhere, couldn't it? Which is, it could have been anywhere. Yeah. But the, the slow motion where the the two kids who have gone up to buy some slow mo, they've taken it, and Judge Dredd blows the door off, um, and then he takes the like the baddies out, the dealers out one by one, and you actually see the slow mo of the, the bullet going through the body or going through the head. Oh. It's done so well. I mean, and they were one thing that they were so worried about was showing it all in slow motion that they turned the like the ultra violence into art. Um, and they were quite worried about that and how it had come across. But I thought it was it was filmed really, really well. And I thought it looked really effective. Yeah, I know. And, and, and uh, you, you, we both, I think, used the term brave and refreshing. And I think that is an example of how brave this film is and how out there this film is. And, uh, yeah, with because, because they, they've turned on that ultra-violence. You know, it's like almost Mortal Kombat-esque, isn't it? Um, uh, uh, but but do, do you think... If this film came out now, would it have done better then? Jeez. I think this would have done better, yeah. I, I think times have changed so much and uh, what's acceptable um, for films or through like computer games and things like that. That's the um, home phone. There you go, that's gone. Um, it's so kind of, it's changed so much. People, their, their limit to what they want to see or to what's being produced has changed and and you've only got like Mortal Kombat XL, which is extremely violent, and Call of Duty and different things like that. That I think it will be acceptable. I think it will do a lot better now. And Carl Urban as well. He's a, a more established actor from like the Star Trek films, which he's in now, and things like that. It'd possibly be more recognised. But I mean, um, Olivia Thelby, she's done more TV films. Um, but I think he'd be a draw. Um, and obviously, Kay um, Wood Harris, who he's in the wire. He's been in a lot of TV films as well, a lot of series. And I think it would draw a bigger audience. What do you think? Yeah, I think you're right. Um, especially now. I mean, we've had we, uh, in 2012, we only had two or three years of like Game of Thrones, um, which is obviously quite violent, and, and and other obviously violent things coming coming along. And I think you're right. I mean, a lot. 2012 really. It seems a long time ago, but it was only about four years. You know four or so years ago, and I think, so yeah, you're right, so much has changed since then, for example, I mean, just look at Deadpool, how violent that is, it, it, fair yeah. enough, in an almost comic environment set, but but that was perfectly accepted, yes, this film is probably more violent than Deadpool, and takes on a more, obviously, a more serious tone, but but I, I yeah, I think you're right, I think it would have been a lot more accepted, and it would have done better, but I do think this film is, be, be, because, of the, because of this, it has become almost like a cult classic, you know, I mean, we've seen things like Labyrinth, for example. Um, not not comparing the two, but that's a cult classic. But it didn't do very well when it came out in the cinema. But look how look yeah. at it now. Yeah, yeah, that was another one, wasn't it? That when it went to home video, uh, it, it went crazy. And um, yeah, with David Bowie dying and everything, it's kind of uh, re-emerged again. But yeah, I think also I think it's difficult when um, people make films 
where from comic books and I, I think that that's very careful i mean spider-man suffered a lot as well with that and um with andrew garfield toby Maguire, and when they put um, spider-man into the uh into the last marvel like the avengers film again even though he was, his cameo was in it for about 10 minutes people were still talking about what's his suit going to be like his eyes move they're animated his eyes aren't animated in the in the um like the comic and it can kind of go one or two ways, can't it? So I yeah. think it's always going to be a brave decision doing something from a comic book. And if you do nail it, then you've got a massive hit on your hands and people are going to love it. But you're always going to get those anal idiots who just want to rip it apart just to show their knowledge to everyone else of what it was like. You know, I, I, I just got no time for people like that. So, so, so then, would you say that um, this film, it was almost three or four years, perhaps too early, kind of like almost ahead of its time. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think you're right, mate. I, I think it's just a shame that's the way it was because I really honestly think that if it was done again now, that it would be a, a big, it wouldn't be huge like the Avengers, but it would be big. Uh, and I think it would make a lot of money. Uh, and it's a shame, really, but it is a really, really good film. Yeah. I, I, what do, you think? do you think it would have done better? Um, if it came out now, oh yeah, I agree. I think it. I think we're done better. I don't. I don't think. I mean, I can't see a Judd Dredd film, not knowing that much about the um, the you know the actual comics I've been, any better, any better than this. Um, because I think it, it seemingly kept enough of the hardcore stuff. If you take away some of the nitpicking from some of the fans in there, um, you, you know he was Judge Dredd. It's how a lot of people did imagine him. Um. And uh, it's such a shame there's not going to be a sequel because um, it was brilliant. I mean, we and what I, and we didn't get for either Dread or really Anderson as such a, a, a oversaturated origin story, for example, because uh, that, that was my one concern when hearing about this film. I was so happy that um, it was just, it just happened because uh, let's get straight in there. Yeah, you're right. It is so nice and refreshing to watch a film without a huge origin story at the start of it, it, it really is. Every film now, especially like the superhero films, you, it's, it's if it's like the law, you have to have an origin story, otherwise you don't know what you're talking about. And yeah, it was nice not to have it, because I didn't need it. I wasn't interested in an origin story of Judge Dredd. They tried to do that with the Sylvester Stallone one, um, and I don't want that. All I want is for the film to start and to find out what's happening and, and the violence as well. So, which is part of the entertainment. Um, but yeah, it was nice not to have an origin story. It bores me to bloody shit, to be honest. Oh, it does, it does. It does. Uh, the learning about the powers and stuff. I mean, there are films that have done it really, really well. But <clears throat> yeah, it, it was just nice <laughs> just to get in there. And, and it, it's a detriment to the film that we didn't need an origin story. And throughout the film, we, we knew enough about Dread that we didn't yeah. really need yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. I didn't even think about the origin story of it when I watched it, to be honest. Um, but yeah, so they kind of move up um, floor by floor as they're, uh, and they've got Kay with them, who's hostage, because the reason why I haven't executed him is she's 99.9% .9 sure that he was the one responsible for skinning the guys. Um, and he said, well, 99.9% .9 isn't guilty, so we can't do anything. And the reason why. She, um, Mama wants to kill them and obviously not let them take Kane for questioning. It's because they know that Kay's going to buckle under questioning. Mm. Uh, never quite sure of what the interrogation involves. I'm sure it involves some kind of violence because she's extremely concerned that 
anyone who goes in for questioning always talks, don't they? Yes, always talks. And then, um, uh, obviously, um, at some point, we get the other judges to come in and help, don't we? Supposedly. Supposedly, yeah. I, just, what did you think? I, I thought it was, it was, again, it was shot so well. I thought it was brilliant. The scene where um, they set up three Gatling guns, one side of the block, um, and you see like the tracer kind of bullets lighting up, flying from one side of the block to the other. Uh, and again, it shows how cold she is, that she's got no regard for any of the other residents who are staying there. And she literally obliterates this one side of the block with these three Gatling guns and kills God knows how many people. I thought the way that looked was really, really impressive. It was very cool. What did it you was, think? It was. It almost reminded me of that scene in the first Matrix when they go into the building near the end, you know, with all those bullets flying. Yeah. There. But better yeah. in this case. Um, yeah, it was so good. It was so violent, and people's deaths were just... It was horrid, wasn't it? Yeah, but once again, as you said, uh, and the important thing about that scene, other than it, it did look, you know, from from an effects point of view, it did look very good. It just, it, it once again cements the fact that Marmar is a psychopath, and it shows you the difference between her and Dread. She, as you mentioned, she doesn't have any rules. Dread does. He can't. He couldn't risk doing that and killing, you know, potentially innocent people. Yeah, yeah. I just thought that was a, a great scene. But yeah, so you get a couple of judges who come because what's they, they put the um. They put the whole building on a lockdown of um, like a war test, don't they? Yes. So the whole roof's covered, everything's covered. It, it's all in a lockdown, so they cannot escape. Uh, they also can't transmit um, back to their headquarters. But they managed to escape um, the Gatling guns. They get outside and they um, ask for some backup. And the backup comes in the form of two judges who are pretty incompetent, aren't they? <laughs> they are. They are. Yeah, they don't try hard to get in, do they? No, they are. They're, they're not very good, are they? And that kind of surprised me because I would have thought that Judge Dredd, it, it, maybe he's pretty standard across the board. As in, to to be judge, jury, and executioner, you have to be quite a, a horrible person who's willing to, to uh, basically a killer, aren't you? That, that's all you are. Um, and if someone breaks the law. Even if they're forced into it, or depending on the circumstances, if death's death, and that's the sentence, they will kill people. So they're kind of like assassins, killers, and they're—I wouldn't say that they're kind of proper police officers, would you? Yeah. Or do you think it's fine what they do? Well, are we talking about the incompetent police officers, aren't we, Dread? Oh, uh, what well, the difference between? The officers who came there, because I'm pretty sure if Dredd would have turned up, he would have done something to try and get in the yeah, building. But, but then again, it, it just cements that, that how good Dredd is. I mean, I, I think they did that. Um, it, it, it was bordering comic relief at one point. But I mean, um, they they did that to show you that Judge Dredd, he is not just, he is one of the best. Yeah, if not the best uh, of all the judges. Um and, and and I think they want it, and, and that scene does help it, does help you cement it. But then, as you were saying, it does, it does make the, it does potentially make the rest of the judges look like a bunch of idiots, which is not maybe, you know, not a really good point for that. Yeah, because those other judges who turned up were like absolute idiots, um, and it kind of, I, I just didn't know whether all the judges would be like Judge Dredd. Um, and or whether Judge Dredd, due to whatever's happened in his past, or I can imagine when I mean, I'm probably completely wrong, um, that you kind of go through the the trope of his wife died and 
he's very bitter and he's carrying it around with him and that's what makes him the kind of person he is you know what i mean i don't i don't actually know his i don't really know his origin story um no, I, i've not got a clue of the origin story and i didn't want to look at his origin story in this film in case it i wanted to take this film on face value of, of what i was watching rather than of the comic books if you see what i mean uh, i mean he does have an origin story uh, i think in the comics it is told by flashbacks yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I don't know whether that's kind of accurate with origin story, but um, I would have just thought that the judges would have tried harder to get in there um, than they did. And it was a bit silly that they kind of thought, well, okay, fair enough. It's on lockdown, no worries. Even though you've got colleagues asking for help and they're being killed, mm. they're not in an effort to get in there. But that's kind of a, a tiny moan. No, but it did. I know what you mean, though. Looking at it now, it did kind of not quite take you out of the film, but it, it did. Yeah, it did affect your thinking of of the way this well police force that the, the, the judges actually actually were. Are you know did, did they recruit anyone and stuff like that? And I, and it, it it probably is one of the few nitpicks I think that you could actually nitpick on if that makes any sense. Yeah, because you're taken from from the film where you're inside and it's really intense. To your outside with a couple of idiots who just take it for granted when someone says we're having computer problems and you can't get in, and they've been told that they're on a lockdown and that they're being killed and yeah they need urgent assistance. And more just... more efforts should have been made. I mean, even if yeah, you're right, and they they they, they should have shown they're doing more efforts, like get a big explosion or, or yeah, okay, something that would take half an hour and then the film ends and then they just about make it in just in time. But yeah, and it did feel like there wasn't enough effort being made. And once again, I didn't actually realise that until he pointed that out and now I'm a bit upset. Yeah, even though he used a welding torch and said, well, it's going to take us half an hour to get in there and they were trying to cut their way through but it wasn't, and during yeah. the, hour, the story played out as it did, it would have been, it would have kind of added another bit of tension. Would they get in on time to save them? Yeah. Um, but I think they kind of, in a way, they got round that in a way, where um, they they didn't know how to stop Judge Dredd and Judge Anderson. Uh, they said, "Well, the only thing we can do is call nine one one." And when they first said that, I thought, "Well, that's a bit of a strange thing." And those four judges turned up, um, who were obviously corrupt. And I, I I thought that was a very good twist as well. But not every single judge is by the law and by the book. Um, but you do get corrupt police officers. And I, I wondered how this was going to play out. I really didn't know. No, but it's, it's good to know it, because you've got... Um, forget the judges out, the incompetent judges outside. Uh, if, you, if you took them away, you've got basically yeah. four judges versus one very good judge and a newbie. And you thought, wow, how are they going to sort this one out, you know? Yeah. And I also like the fact that when he said, Marmar's doing this, she's killed everyone, are you willing to testify? I went, well, yeah. And they shoot him in the head. I thought, well, good, because what goes around comes around, doesn't it? Because he could have helped Judge Dredd out earlier. But no, he said, I'm nothing to do with it. I'm not taking sides, but I'm not helping you. And yes. uh, it would have played out pretty different if he would have helped him. Yes. No. <laughs> he was judged. Um, the two um, judges didn't come in with them either, did they? Which was a bit strange. No. No, no. I, I can't remember where these judges came from. But did, did, which, did they just appear? What, the... Um, which judges? The four who turned up? Yeah. The four who turned up were called by um, Mama. So... She, they, the payroll, they wanted okay. a million credits, didn't they? But were they... Were they the thing, I, I can't... I, I've Honestly, I've, it, was, it was just over a week I've seen this. Was... 
these four jobs, were they in the building before on lockdown no. then, or not? No. What happened was that the two, judge, yeah, the two judges tried to get in and they were refused, um, saying that they were on a lockdown of computers aren't working. And then, because of what happens inside, Mama calls the other four oh, judges. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah, I was, I was doing it, I was being stupid. Yeah, of course, yeah, I they, confused. They press the button and say, open up, and they open up. And then the four judges walk in and tell the two others, right, you're not needed now. Yeah, that's and, it, uh, got you. And that's it, yeah. I'm, I was surprised that the other two judges didn't come in with them. That was all. Yeah, sorry, sorry. I was having a stupid blonde, blonde moment without having blonde hair. Um, yeah. Um, Pardon? Everyone's entitled, mate. Don't you worry. That's right, that's right. Or an old moment, because I'm nearly middle-aged. Um, but yeah, I wondered how it was going to play out um, with regards to how they'd work out they were judges. I had a feeling that Anderson would would work it out that she'd know first of all she'd be tricked into it and then she'd use her um her mutant psychic abilities to to work it out but yeah judge dread pretty much worked it out straight away didn't he which i liked i thought it was quite good the way the way he worked out yeah i thought it was very good that it was he only spoke about him and two people put the uh the call in so and he and it was nice the fact that there wasn't any doubt in his mind it was a case of right you're bad and then they have that fight, and then he kills him. Um, and she, the other lady tricks, tries to trick Anderson, and she kills her straight away. Then the other two judges um, chase him down into the factory, because Anderson's worked out that the actual slow-mo factory is on the ground floor. Um, and I was quite surprised. I didn't know what was going to happen when, um, again, spoiler alert, is when they have a shootout there, and Judge Dredd actually gets shot by one of the bad judges. And yes. even he says, famous Judge Dredd um, is down on his knees, bleeding. And, he's, and he says, well, you've got one last like kind of wish before you get executed and killed. Um, and he's been shot through his armour as well, because they use the armour-piercing bullets, and he shoots through the wall mm. uh, and tells him to wait. And I like that. And he just stalls him until Anderson comes and kills him. <laughs> but I didn't know what would happen once he was shot. I thought that... That the kind of that wound, he was actually shot, kind of um, just on the right side, next to his um, like his belly button, wasn't he? So it would have gone through a like a lung or a liver or something like that. But uh, yeah, and and, it, and it, I think the important thing here is it also shows that Judge Dredd is human and and is obviously beatable because at this point he's uh, he's got he's gone out of scrapes well and he's and and he's not really had um, well like his life hasn't been threat. This is this is the most threat to his life that we've seen throughout the film really you know yeah and you've got the, uh, the the medikits they carry on him that he, he fills up the um like the injury with gel and then he staples it together oh, yeah. and then back in the game yes um, yeah, back in the game um i like the touch as well which has been done in a few films uh I can't, it's wrecking my brains to what film i can't think what it is uh i know it's like blade with the uh, the sword where Kay picks up a gun um, because um, Judge Anderson gets captured and he goes to shoot her and um, the gun explodes and blows his arm off. I like that. I thought it's a really, really yeah, good like, touch. Yeah. <laughs> that was. Well. I did see that coming, though, because their guns yeah, are yeah, very important to them. Yeah. Still very entertaining because Kay, um, I mean, he was portrayed as such a, a horrible person and... And even he said, like when he captured Anderson, um, he said, "You are really fucked." And um, I quite like that. That anything was going to happen to her, and you'd rather die than be captured by Marmar. Yes. 
because his intention was to to rape her several times over, um, kill her and skin her, and basically use her as like a, a sex slave. So you really thought her time was up. Did you ever kind of think during the film that she was going to die at all? I did no. Um, I th- that was probably the closest thing. I think okay, maybe she's going to get Mama's going to kill her, then Dred's going to end up getting her. You know, just after. I didn't really, I didn't really think so though, because going back, this story was much uh, was it was. I don't want to say Anderson was the main character because the film is called Dread, but as I mentioned, she does have the biggest story arc, and this film was as much, let's say, about Anderson um, than it was Dread. I mean, they were they were these were the two main characters of the film. Yeah, I thought it was very good that. Um... That she was very much of the way her character art developed into a very strong character, a very confident character, rather than um, the typical female in these kind of films who's going to scream and cry. And his weakness is going to be the fact that she's going to get captured, um, and that they'll, if they capture her, then that's it. He's done. He's going to go and rescue her. And it, it didn't play out like that. And I thought that was the film was much better for it because it would have been yeah, that too- was so tropey. Yeah. Yeah, so um, it was good. Um, yeah, so they go up to the the top floor where Mama is, uh, and she's very confident that she's got one over on them, as in the fact that she's rigged up this bomb that if her heart stops beating, then the whole of the um, the top floor, the, the building's rigged with explosives, um, and the, the building's going to blow up. And it was I didn't know how they were going to get out of this. I thought it was very clever, and it was kind of gun ho way of it might work, it might not. Either way everyone's dead um that he does shoot her um just before anderson takes a bullet which isn't critical um and i think i might be wrong i don't know whether but i thought when he shoots mama um it's not a fatal wound at the time so her heart is still beating and that he gives does he give her slow yes he does he gives Uh, a slow-mo before throwing her down to the atrium doesn't he yeah, but does he do give the slow-mo to slow her heartbeat down, or is it just to make the death a lot more horrible because she's falling in slow motion? I think it's to slow the heartbeat down. I wasn't... I really wasn't too I think, sure. I think, I, I think it is. Because, I mean, when you get, when you look at the, the actual drug, if it was a realistic drug, if it does slow everything down, it probably would slow your heartbeat down when you actually look at the effects it has on the human body, which is why I thought yeah. it, 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 she, he did it to slow her heartbeat down in relation... But, yeah, as I said, you'll have to ask the writers, I guess, to get conclusive. I mean, what did you think? Yeah, I presumed it was to slow the heartbeat down. So if she does die on the fall, um, it won't be until at least she hits the ground or over halfway down. But it's a really horrible way, again, they show her (laughs) in the ground. But but she's killed by her own creation, almost, in a way. Well, yeah, it's so good the way it's done. You you see her falling through the air. You see her falling through the smoke um, from the floor that she's absolutely destroyed. And it it is very artistic, and it and it is done really really well in slow motion. And you see her fall head first into the floor, um, nose diving and like squashing her head. And it's only down due to the the signal from the transmitter on her arm. Um, she was too far away falling 200 floors and through all the concrete that it didn't initiate the explosives and blow up the whole building, yeah. which was a really, really good idea. Um, and I'll, I just thought it was a really good ending that, that he just grabbed her by the throat, threw her through the, um, the window. <laughs> he didn't give a shit, did he? 
Yeah. Oh, it's um, something that the Punisher would have done, basically. Yeah, it was really, really good. And, um, yeah, then they're leaving. Um, and as you said earlier, that um, he's asked if has she passed or failed. And, yeah, she's passed. Yeah, but she um, didn't seem to care at the time, though, did she? No, she said, I've no, I've failed. I've lost my weapon. You don't need to be psychic um, to do that. I've cut someone loose. Um, who was that techie guy? Um, and what, I've got nothing to lose. But, yeah, and she passed. And it just ended. And, and I like the fact that it ended... Um, with him just riding away on his motorcycle, um, there wasn't any other kind of dialogue going on, uh, and it just finished. And I thought it was a really, really good way to finish the film because it was solely about um, what happened during their one shift together, wasn't it? Yeah. And, and it was great. Yeah, I, I just thought it was a very, very good film. Um, I mean, I'd give the film four out of five. Oh, um, whoa, that's good, that's good, that's good. Yeah, I'd say the whole pace of the film was really, really very good. Yeah, I get, uh, and it was only a one and a half hours long. And were you left wanting more? Because I was. Yeah, it's weird. The, the film felt longer than one and a half hours. Mm. A lot um, happened in it, that's why I think. Yeah, not because I was clock watching, but as you say, so much happened in it. Um, there were so many different scenarios where they were put in trouble and they had to escape, um, as well as developing um, Anderson's character arc. Um, yeah, it was really, really good. I mean, my only kind of, if I was being really, really nitpicky, my only down part would be the fact that um, those other two judges were completely incompetent. I mean, if me and you were judges, um, that would be us. us not the door. Yeah. It's yeah. Good, it could really, in a way, because we, we, we would have been killed by the time we got to like the second floor on that building, <laughs> I would imagine. So... <laughs> yeah, we've probably got a lot of finding peach trees and uh, yes. yeah, taking us ages to get in. But um, but no, I thought it was a, a very 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 good film. So and it surprised me. What about yourself? I'm giving it a four and a half. Um, uh, I completely agree. The well, I want it. I want to give it a five, but um, uh, it's it's well, yeah. Um, it's just it, it's just there's no there's no really. I really 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 enjoyed it. I really really liked. Um, obviously the the, the judge read. The only reason why I'm not giving it a five is because we've had so we've had films on here. And review from which are better than it, which are, I think are better than this film, um, but that's no, but that's no detriment to the film. I, th- I think this is about as good as Judge Dredd could get. I don't think you can get make a better Dread film. This is this is the Dread film, and it's I just I, I just really really hope it's only been four years. I really hope a sequel is greenlit within the next two or three years, um, and 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 oh, so, sure. you know before Carl you, Urban gets old. You've given a lower score then. Pardon. What film have we reviewed that's better than this that you've given a, a lower score to? No, 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 better. No, no, no. I'm saying um, I, I've seen films that are better. I, we've I've we reviewed films that are better than this. Right. For example, yeah. um, Dark Knight. Well, you know the Batman. Uh, yeah. Dark Knight, uh, Star Wars, and things like that, which I've given a five, and I think they're be- those films are better than this. But that's no detriment to this film. I still really, really enjoyed it, and I would highly recommend it to any any comic book fan. Um, that's probably that's really over eighteen, let's say. Any comic book fan, and and, and any anyone that likes a, a good action thriller film would will, will enjoy it. If you like Die Hard, watch this. If you like things like The Raid, watch this. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I completely agree with that. Especially, uh, um, yeah, The Raid as well. The Raid One and Two, which is superb oh, yeah. films. Well, yeah, they're, they're, they are. And and I think if you um you oh if you like action films but you don't like superhero films, you will still enjoy this. Yeah, and it doesn't matter if you haven't read the comic books either, because you, you'd still appreciate this film um, as a standalone film. 
Um, it's like a sci-fi kind of police thing. So it doesn't matter. I mean, I don't know anything about Dread, apart from Sylvester Stallone can't be Dread. Um, and I still enjoyed this film a hell of a lot. So, um, yeah, so that leads us on to, again, not knowing of um, what we're going to do with the next film. No. Have you no. got any idea? I've got, I've, got, I've, got, I've got a few ideas I'll discuss off air with you, because they're embarrassing. <laughs> no problem. Well, um, for technical reasons... Um, you probably haven't heard our Jack Reacher podcast yet because it isn't out. Um, today's Saturday, the 30th of July. Um, so we'll probably smash both of these out within a couple of days succession. Um, Jack Reacher and the Dread one. And uh, I'm looking forward to finding out what embarrassing film James wants to uh, review next. So remember, if the next one after Dread is going to be James's choice. So if it is embarrassing. It is going to be bad. The, the, one I'm yeah. gonna, the one I'm going to ask you for is a really bad film because I feel like we do really, really good films. And I think it's nice now and again knowing that you're going to review a really, really crap film because... It, it, Are we doing the Sweeney again? No, no. It, <laughs> no, it, it is on that level though. The one I'm going to suggest. You, you, you can veto it, of course, do you? Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I might even like it. I, any film, I really don't mind. Any good film, bad film, I don't care. I can't, I'll do anything. I can't stand it, but there you go. Oh, there you go, then. Excellent stuff. Lovely. Well, that was our review of Dread 2012, so I hope you enjoyed it. Um, remember, if you want us to review a film, we will do any film. We really, really don't care whether it's a musical, love story, action, anything like that. Um, if we can find it, we'll review it. Um, if we can't find it, then uh, let us know and send us the dvd and we'll review it from there so but that's it you're on itunes facebook twitter everything so um i hope you enjoyed our review and uh remember to listen next time